Welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach, and we're glad that you're here. I'll be joined in just a moment by this week's guest, but before that, I want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project. All of our content here at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we rely upon the contributions of our listeners in order to do so. You will never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost money to put a show like this together, so if you find what we're doing here valuable and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going, and it helps us reach other men just like you. God's blessings, fellas. Enjoy the show. What's up, gentlemen? My name is Charlie Ungemach. I'm the founder and curator of Gird Up, and you're listening to Man Talk Monday. Today for Man Talk, we're going after the incels. Fellas, the involuntary celibates. According to Google, incel is a term closely associated with an online subculture of people, mostly white, male, and heterosexual, who define themselves as unable to get a romantic sexual partner despite desiring one. So in other words, it's dudes that want to have relationships and they can't find them. It's men who desire to be in relationships with women, but they are failing to find themselves in those relationships. I understand the frustration, especially in the Christian culture. There is a growing number of men who are very, very frustrated with the dating scene. I think that's for a couple of different reasons. I think it's because we face a tremendous amount of pressure to get married as young Christians, which is not an entirely bad thing. Um, it is a blessing to be married, and it's a it's it's clearly demonstrated in statistics. It is a blessing to get married young. Um, it also we recognize that the marriage is a gift from the Lord, and all the blessings of marriage are gifts from the Lord as well. And if you can find somebody that with whom you're compatible, and you can wisely make that jump as a young person, it is wise to do that. And so it's good that we're encouraging young people to get married in the church. Now, that doesn't happen for everybody, though. And sometimes it happens on purpose. Sometimes it happens not so much on purpose. I'm one of those guys who, frankly, was really immature coming out of college, but very, very much wanted to pour himself into a career. So you combine the fact that I was not attracting... like So in college, I dated several girls, not seriously, who would have been fantastic wives. Well, actually, they are fantastic wives and mothers for other men in other families because I was not mature enough to actually pull it off, right? I probably could have dated and married a couple of these women who are absolutely wonderful wives and mothers, but because I was a knucklehead who was not mature enough to handle it, I blew it, and now I ended up out in the real world and basically decided, you know what? I don't even want to date right now. I am just going to throw myself heart and soul into my work. And I do not regret that. I was an excellent teacher. I had a lot of fun teaching. It was a huge blessing for me. But now I'm 31 years old. I'm a student at a seminary and I do want to take that next step. I do want to get married and start having a family. And that means I'm kind of starting over from square one as it, well, I started, I should say, over from square one at kind of like 28, 29 years old because I really didn't date at all in my 20s. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's the reality of the situation is now I'm kind of, I kind of, like I said, kind of started over from square one, whereas people who get married young, they have all the momentum from their younger years, right? So you kind of date in high school and college, you figure out what you want, you find a woman who matches that, you get married and off you go. And that's a wonderful blessing. And I personally encourage young people to do that. I actually kind of wish I'd done that myself, but there's no reason to sit back and regret it because I have a wonderful life that I dearly love now and all kinds of years ahead of me to have those relationships that I'm missing out on at the moment. Anyway, I do understand the frustration of being single and not wanting to be single anymore because that's kind of where I am. 
Um, and I, while I am not in the incel camp, um, I, I'm, I don't really struggle to get dates. Um, I, I do understand the frustration of not having a plethora of the kind of women that we want to be with around us, right? There are beautiful women around us every day walking on the street. They are not viable um, romantic partners because the, the number of Christian women in our world and in our society is shrinking. And that does mean that it is getting harder and harder to find a wife who loves the Lord and lives the lifestyle that we want to lead, lead as men who are men after God's own heart. But there are women for you out there if you are willing to do the things it takes and make the sacrifices it takes to find them. Okay. Um, I also recognize that singles are all but ignored in church and culture or in Christian culture. um, And there's a ton of pressure to get married. I get all of that. I get that there's a whole lot of other dynamics going on. We're not going to talk about those dynamics partially because we're not in control of them and partially because, frankly, you just got to get over it. Right? It, there's no reason. If it, it doesn't do you any good to sit around and be grumpy about the fact that grandma keeps asking you every holiday when you're going to find a nice girl and marry her. You want that. Grandma wants that for you. Everybody understands it's a blessing. So just go do it and stop whining about all the pressure. It's, you choose whether or not there's pressure on you. Don't let anybody else control you. That's a conversation for a different time, though. The kind of women you are looking for as a young man who is a man after God's own heart are out there. 40% or more of Christian women between the ages of 21 and 40 are single. And about 20% of them have never been married. So we're talking about about 15% of women between the ages of 21 and 40 are single and have never been married. Okay. And nearly 20% of the church is unmarried females, while only 14% of the church is unmarried males. That means that there is uh, in between those age ranges, too. So between the ages of 21 and 40, there are almost a quarter more, there's 5% more um, unmarried females than there are males. So, um, if there, so if there's, on average, if there are 10, uh, well, let's see, if there are 15 unmarried men between the ages of 21 and 40 in the congregation, there's going to be 20 unmarried women between the ages of 15, or between the ages of 21 and 40 in the congregation. That means that, gentlemen, the harvest is ripe if you know what you're doing. Okay? Now, what's the issue? If there are plenty of women out there for us to marry, how come more of us aren't getting married? How come it seems like we cannot land ourselves a date to save our lives? Why is it so frustrating and so challenging to find a partner? Well, I would I would make the argument that dating apps are a huge part of the problem. Um, really, just expectations in general. I'm going to take a step back. It's not necessarily dating apps that are the problem. It's expectations that are the problem. There are a lot of women with very, very high expectations for the men in their lives, um, and frankly, too high of expectations. There are a bunch of women who have set their expectations way too high and have unrealistic standards for men. Okay, At the same time, there are a whole lot of men who drastically overestimate their value, who drastically overestimate their own attractiveness. Fellas, there is a good chance you are not nearly as attractive as you think you are. Whether that means physically, whether that means mentally or emotionally, whether that even means spiritually, there is a good chance that if you are not finding a partner, if you are not dating the kind of women you want to date, you are not as attractive as you think you are. Okay, Don't get upset with me for saying it. Own it. Recognize it. Now let's deal with it. On the flip side, Women do have, especially Christian women, have generally very high expectations for young men. They are not unrealistic expectations, though. Not always. They have high expectations, and it's our job to do the best we can to meet those expectations. And frankly, it is a total waste of our time to sit around and complain about the fact that women's expectations are too high. If she doesn't want you, stop whining and complaining about it and go find somebody who does. You're never going to be happy if you manipulate and force somebody into liking you who doesn't, okay? Stop trying to change somebody's mind and go find somebody that appreciates you and recognizes the value that you present, okay? Or 
if you really, really, really have your heart set on a certain kind of woman and you're not attracting her, then go do the work it takes to be attractive to her. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about that in just a second. Let's get into the world of dating apps. I've got a bunch of I got a bunch of stats here that I want to share with you about dating apps, which I think paint a pretty um, clear picture of the struggle of dating apps. Uh, I am not against dating apps. I use dating apps. I enjoy dating apps, but I don't put a lot of pressure on dating apps at all for two reasons. One, I frequently meet young women in real life who I'm interested in and um, by practice, this is not something that's natural for me at all. I've had to do a ton of practice and it still isn't easy. But when I meet young women who I'm interested in, I generally, almost always, can um, finagle away to get to spend more time with her. And one of the ways, I've talked about this before in a podcast, one of the ways I do that is just simply say, hey, I would like to know more about you. And one of the things I've decided to do is take somebody out for coffee that I don't know very well every month. I want that person this month to be you. It's a simple and easy, low-context way to go get to know somebody better. Anyway, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're going to talk about dating apps first. So dating apps are not bad. Dating apps are not bad, but you have to recognize that dating apps are not going to just spit out women that you want to date, or particularly as a Christian man. Okay, The moment you uh, change your filters on your dating app to, I want to date Christians, you dramatically decrease the pool of women that you are um, that you are drawing from. Okay, and the other reality is, young women who are in a healthy church culture who are surrounded by young men who love the Lord aren't very likely to try out dating apps because they're getting attention and they are dating in the real world, so they don't turn to dating apps in order to find men. That does not mean that there aren't good Christian women on dating apps. I'm just telling you, go in with your eyes wide open. Don't expect Hinge or Tinder or Bumble or some other dating app to start spitting out wonderful, awesome Christian women to you in great volume. The reality is, a lot of Christian women have chosen not to use dating apps either because they are willing to just wait or because they're already getting enough attention in real life that they don't feel they need a dating app, okay? So with that in mind, um, on Hinge, and we're going to go with Hinge because it's the most popular dating app that is relationship-oriented, on Hinge, okay, 60% of users are heterosexual men. So think about that. Six out of 10 users on that app are men. That means that there's a lot of men competing for a small number of women, okay? And of those, uh, uh, so you're already at a disadvantage because 60% of the users on the app are men. 50% of men like 25% of the women, okay? So 50% of the likes that men send go to only 25% of the women. So now you've only got 10% of women left, okay? 10% of users... I'm sorry, 10% of users on the app are women to whom most men are attracted, okay? So 90% of the women or 90% of the people that are on these apps are not people that you're going to date because they're either other dudes or they're women who are not generally attractive, okay? The flip side, when women send likes, half of the likes women send go to only 15% of the men, Okay. So there is an even smaller group of women sending likes to men than there are women being liked by men, okay? So if you're going to use a dating app, what you need to recognize is that there is a very small pool of women who you're actually drawing from. There are a lot of people on the app, but the number of women who are actually dateable material is very, very small. And you need to go into your dating app experience recognizing that there's a very small pool or a small portion of a very large pool that you are drawing from, okay? Here's something else you need to understand. On Hinge, a man of average attractiveness, okay? So a five, right? And most men are average because that's the way average works, okay? You most likely are an average man. Average men... Only, can only expect to be liked by slightly less than 1% of females. So 0.87% of females. That means that when you're swiping on your dating app, okay, one out of every 115 females that you view 
is going to like you back. Okay? That is a very large number of people that are not going to like your profile. That is a lot of messages you are going to send without being reciprocated. That is a lot of matches that you are going to match with before you actually go on a date. Okay? So, it's not just you, and it's not the women's fault. You need to recognize that dating apps just frankly are not the best place to meet women. They can be a useful tool, but they are not the end-all be-all. Okay? The, interest, the other interesting thing that, that is true, and I've just found this stuff on uh, when I was researching the dating apps, I came across some, some attractiveness statistics, and I thought they were interesting too, so I'm going to share those with you. Men generally accurately assess the, assess the attractiveness of women. So most women, the bulk of women, fall around the average, which is accurate. That's the way it should work, right? Um, there should be more average people in the world than there are of anything else because the average is the average person, okay? So most women on dating apps are uh, regarded by men as average, which is appropriate. However, most men online spend almost 100% of their time, so almost 100% of their contact with females is with females who are quote-unquote out of their league. In other words, they're at a different level of attractiveness. So that would be an average guy an averagely attractive guy spends almost all of his time on a dating app reaching out to women who are of a much higher level of attractiveness. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't shoot your shot, okay? But you need to recognize that these beautiful women on their dating apps, when they do open up the dating app, there are oodles and oodles and oodles, oodles, of men in their DMs who are trying to match with them, who are trying to message them, and it is highly unlikely, not impossible, but highly unlikely that you're going to be the guy she chooses to interact with and go on a date with, okay? There's a lot of men fighting for a very small number of women. It is not very likely that you're going to win that battle. It's possible. It's not very likely. So instead of shooting your shot over and over and over again, be realistic and match with women who are about the same level of attractiveness as you, okay? The other thing you need to recognize is that while women rate 80% of men as below average in attractiveness, which is a stat that flies around a lot and people get all upset about it, right? Women do rate 80% of men as below average in attractiveness, but they are willing to message with and meet with actually average men. So just because they rate men as below average in attractiveness, that does not correlate to them refusing to date those men. So don't get frustrated if you realize you are an average looking dude, that you are an average man in attractiveness. Average men do just fine. Average men are attractive to women even if they rate men as being uh, below average, okay? So don't let the fact that you might be an average guy make you think that you're never going to get a woman. Average men end up with average or above average women very consistently. Okay, Your job is to find a way to make yourself stick out. Okay. The other thing that I thought was absolutely fascinating is that women consistently rate men higher in attractiveness when they meet them in person than, women, than men that they meet online with the same characteristics. So if she meets a six online, she will not be attracted to him. If she meets a six in real life, she is much more likely to be attracted to him. Okay, What that tells me is that there's value in meeting women in real life. Now, I understand that there's a perception that women as a whole do not want to be approached by men. I get that. I understand that it's a little bit terrifying. I also understand that at this moment in our culture, we have completely lost touch of the ability to actually interact with people. And frankly, if you go out and start approaching women, you're going to have some negative experiences. Get over it. Just get over it. Who cares? If somebody you've never met before is rude to you, why are you letting that bother you? Okay? It's not something you can control. And frankly... There might, while there might be a little bit of hurt attached to approaching women, there cannot be reward without risk. You have to risk it if you want the rewards. Okay. 
Um, but statistically, it's not true that women don't want to be approached. While the studies vary as far as the actual numbers go, um, the statistics vary. But all studies that I looked at, and I looked at about a dozen different studies, they all found that the majority of women were willing to be approached under what they perceive as safe circumstances. So as long as it's a safe circumstance, a safe environment, an environment that's conducive to meeting people, they are very, very happy being approached. They actually want to be approached. And the vast majority of women actually want to be approached. And frankly, the women who were polled who said they don't want to be approached probably are not the kind of women that you want to approach anyway. So don't worry about it take a risk and go approach women. Now, I think it's important that we uh, identify what those threatening environments and safe environments are. So a threatening environment where you don't want to approach a woman would be anywhere that it's dark, anywhere that it's crowded. So if there's a ton of people around, so approaching her on the bus or on a train is probably a bad idea. Um, approaching her in a super packed bar or in a club, that's not a great place to meet because you're not going to be able to interact with each other. Uh, there's a ton of people around. There's no privacy. You can't really have a conversation. Uh, she doesn't really know who you are, or why you're interested. It's not a good place to do it. Also, don't approach women in the dark. So whether it's a dark movie theater, whether it's they're walking home at night, um, don't, do not approach women when it's dark. Um, don't approach women when she's vulnerable. So when she's walking alone, when she's got headphones in, in the middle of a workout at the gym, things like that, do not approach a woman when she's in a vulnerable position. Okay, uh, If she's putting her groceries into the car and she's not looking around, it would be a bad time to walk up and say, Hi! Right. Make sure that you're not making her uncomfortable or putting her in a vulnerable position when you approach. The other thing that women mention pretty frequently is that they don't want to be approached in a time when it's un inconvenient for her. So, again, while she's working out, that doesn't mean that you can't um, approach her at the gym. Just don't do it in the middle of her workout. Don't interrupt her workout or at work would be a good example, too. Right doesn't mean that you can't approach a woman at her workplace, but if you're uh, trying to flirt with a bartender, first of all, bartenders flirt with dudes because they want tips, so don't think that your bartender's into you. She's probably not. Anyway, um, if you're approaching, yeah, let's say, let's say it's a bank teller who's really, really cute, and you're trying to talk to her while she's working with a customer, she's not going to be receptive to that. She doesn't want to be approached right there, right? She's in the middle of a set at the gym. She doesn't want to be approached there. If she's talking on the phone or if she's at a coffee shop working on something, she doesn't want to be approached there, okay? She's got her headphones in. She doesn't want to be approached. So take those things into consideration before you approach somebody. On the flip side, a safe environment where you should be approaching people, would be out and about in the daytime with people around. So you're at a park, you're walking down the sidewalk, you're at a shopping mall, right? These are places where they're out and about in the daytime with people around. Because there's people around, they feel safe. We're not talking about the big crowds. Remember, not the big crowds. Um, but, you know, at a park in the summertime, at a concert or something like that, right? Um, walking like Out for a walk for exercise, walking around downtown somewhere. Those are good places to approach people, right? And, um, social venues like coffee shops and breweries, um, group classes, sports, even at stores like grocery stores. Um, go to Hobby Lobby and walk around the decoration section. See if there's some cute girls in there, right? Social venues are a great place to walk up to people and introduce yourself. Um, public populated places in general, parties. Parties are a great place to do it. Bars really aren't a great place because generally women go to bars with people that they want to spend time with. Uh, so women don't go to bars to meet people. Um, what they will do is go to like breweries or coffee shops in order to be social. There they would be there they would be receptive to meet people because it's a little bit lower key. If you're going to an actual bar, they're probably there with friends and they want to spend time with friends. They don't want to be approached there. Okay, so. Once you see somebody that you want to approach and you're like, hey, that's a beautiful woman. I really want to talk to her. It is unlikely that she's going to give you some sort of green green light or some sort of clear invitation um, to come and talk to her. She's not going to wave at you. She's not going to bring you over, right? She's not making eye contact with you and hoping that you walk up to her and approach. And frankly, when most men believe or perceive that they've been invited, it's usually a misread or a mistake. Now, that is that doesn't mean that you shouldn't approach, okay? What that means is you need to stop waiting for permission and look for welcoming indicators, as the psychiatrists like to call them. Look for welcoming indicators instead. So 
if you're going to approach somebody, approach somebody who's smiling or has a pleasant expression on their face, somebody who is relaxed. So that means when you're looking at their posture, their shoulders should be down. If their shoulders are up, that means that they are uptight. They're thinking about something. They don't want to be interrupted, right? If they're all fidgety or they have shifty eyes, that means that they are not relaxed. It means you should proceed with caution, okay? But if they have a pleasant expression on their face, if they look relaxed and calm, go right ahead and introduce yourself. And that's probably the best way um, to to interact with somebody. Don't walk up and say, hi, my name is so-and-so, right? Uh, what I would do instead, one of my favorite strategies is just to walk up and say, hey, I noticed you and I had to come say hi. Or I'm about to leave, but I would have kicked myself if I didn't come over here and, and say hello to you. Something like that. Um, and based on her body language, I will decide what I'm going to say next. If she doesn't seem receptive, like if she's not smiling at me or doesn't make eye contact or kind of looks grumpy at me, I'll just say something quick like, I just thought you were beautiful and I wanted to tell you that. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. That's all I wanted to say. And I will leave immediately. Okay, Don't run away. But don't bother her anymore. If she's sending you not interested signals, then she's sending you not interested signals. Take those signals, read them, and move on. But if she does seem open and receptive, so she's smiling, she's looking at you, she's giving you her attention, then pay her some sort of like good, like serious, sincere compliment, or just ask her a question about like the venue. Um, or give her the compliment and then ask her a question, right? So, uh, for example, you walk up to a girl and you say, excuse me, I wanted to come talk to you. I noticed you from across the, uh, across the room over there. I think you're really, really cute. And, and this dress is a great color on you, right? And if she, well, that's probably too fast. So let's back up a little bit. So walk up to her and say, excuse me, I just want to say hello to you. I, I noticed you across over there. I, I think you're really, really cute. And I love, I love this dress. Um, that's all I wanted to say. And if she's receptive to it, then you can say, are, are you a sundress kind of girl? Like, this is awesome weather. Or, nope, I wouldn't even say, are you a sundress kind of girl? See, now I just come off as creepy. So you see, it is not easy to do this, guys. But the reality is that she's going to respect the effort, okay? Um, if it's a beautiful day outside, just say, it's a beautiful day outside. If it's an awesome coffee shop, say, I haven't been here before. This place is kind of cool, isn't it? Just make conversation. You don't have to get up there and have some sort of smooth move, okay? Just go over there and say hello, okay? Hi. I think I just came over here to tell you I think you're really pretty, um, and I was going to kick myself if I walked out of here without, without telling you that. That's all I wanted to say. And then either walk away or say, I've never actually been in this coffee shop before. Are you, you guys regulars here? Do you enjoy it? Boom. Now you're in a conversation, Okay. But if you're going to pay her a compliment, you better be sincere. And if you're going to approach her, you better actually be interested. Even if you do all that, though, so even if you're awesome at approaching people, it's not going to make a whole bunch of difference if she doesn't find you attractive. So, gentlemen, some of you are not going to be happy with me about this, but there are a lot of things that you can control and a lot of things that you can't control. What you can't control is the, the face that God gave you. If you're just not a good-looking dude, it might just be the way it is, okay? But as we're going to talk about in a second, there are things you can do to make yourself more attractive. Um, you cannot control how many other guys are vying for her attention. You cannot control what her values are. You cannot even control um, basically whether or not she's going to be interested. What you can control is how attractive you are from, from, the, from the upstart. Now, I can already hear some of these guys saying, um, hey, I am not going, I don't really care about the things you're about to talk about or I, I, she should love me the way I am or something like that. Look, you're right to a degree. People should love you and accept you the way that you are. Okay. That does not mean that you don't bear some responsibility to be the kind of man women are looking for. Okay. If you are complaining about how you don't go on dates or how women don't like you or how you're an incel or whatever it is, if you're if you want to be in a relationship and you're not, you need to recognize that you are the reason you are not in a relationship. You cannot walk around spending your entire life telling other people telling yourself that it's other people's fault that you don't have what you want in life. If you want to be in a relationship, you need to do the things that attract women. You need to go out and make yourself attractive to the kind of women you are attracted to, and you bear the responsibility of attracting women. 
It is not their fault if they are not attracted to you. You getting upset that women aren't attracted to you does you no good, and it gets you no closer to the goal of actually getting married and having a family and loving God with your family and so forth, right? What you want is a good thing. What you want is a blessing. What you desire is a blessing from God. That does not leave you off the hook to sit around on your backside and wait for other people to decide that they like you, okay? There are things you can do, and you do bear some responsibility in this conversation. If you are not willing to do these things for a girl, or if you are saying things to yourself like, I don't really care about these things, or she should take me the way I am, frankly, you are being childish and entitled. You cannot complain that women don't find you attractive and then refuse to do the things that women find attractive. So grow up. Stop complaining that she ought to love you as you are. Stop being arrogant and entitled and stop being selfish because really you are being selfish because what you're already doing is before you even meet a girl, you're saying, hey, I'm not willing to compromise. Like I'm not willing to meet you halfway. I'm not willing to do the things that you find attractive. You Even before you've met her, you've already made yourself not a good partner because you're not willing to do the things it takes to attract her. Okay. So stop being entitled. Stop thinking you're the salt of the earth or the or not salty there, but you know what I mean. Stop thinking you're God's gift to the world and make yourself more attractive. And there's a couple of different ways you can do that. Okay. The first is by being physically fit. If you want to be more physically attractive, you need to be physically fit. Physical health markers of both sexes are directly correlated to physical attractiveness. In other words, the healthier you are, the more attractive you are. Okay. If you're overweight, it's very difficult to have strong masculine features. If you are overweight, it is very difficult to be physically attractive to women. That's just the truth. The same is true the other way around. Women who are not healthy, whether it's because they're too skinny or because they're too fat, women who are overweight or underweight are less feminine and less attractive to men. Okay. Um, And so it goes both directions. It's not like we're being unfair towards men. The most attractive thing about men is their waist to hip ratio. Okay. uh, in, In science, they call it the WCR, right? The weight to hip ratio. It is the most important factor in male attractiveness for females. It is not your face. So if you were born with a butter face, okay, it's okay. You can still be attractive to women. If you are physically ha- healthy, you are you generally have good hygiene and you've got a little bit of style, you will be attractive to women. But fellas, if your waist to hip ratio is terrible, if your hips are ju- your waist ratio, not hip to waist ratio, my goodness, that's for women. Uh, we're talking about shoulder to waist <laughs> wa- waist ratio. So wait, oh my goodness, waist to chest. It's the waist-to-chest ratio. My bad, guys. I said the wrong thing the whole time. Waist-to-hip ratio is attractive for women. Um, So men find waist-to-hip ratio attractive in women. So the greater your waist-to-hip ratio is in women, it's more more attractive. For men, it is the waist-to-chest ratio. Okay, so let me say that one more time. Waist-to-chest ratio is the single most important factor in male attractiveness for females. So what women find attractive in men is narrow hips and a large chest, okay? That means you either need to grow a large chest and shoulders or you need to be lean or both, preferably both. You don't need to have a six-pack. You don't need to be incredibly handsome and good-looking. You don't need a full head of hair. You need a strong waist-to-chest ratio and you will be attractive to women. On top of that... Hygiene is a health marker, and as we've already established, health is sexy. The more healthy you are, the more attractive you are. So keep good hygiene, wash your face, brush your teeth, floss every day, okay? Wash your hair, don't let it be greasy. If you have a beard, put some beard oil in it. Don't be flaking all over the place, right? Good hygiene and a popular hairstyle, and you will do miraculous things. So if you are physically fit, if you have good hygiene, and you have a popular hairstyle, my goodness, you are already more attractive than almost all men. If on top of that, you have any sort of basic sense of style, you're golden. 
Most guys put in very, very little effort to the way that they look. If you put in any effort at all, you are already ahead of the pack. I'm not going to go through all that right now. I'm not going to talk to you about what it looks like to be to have some style, go on YouTube, watch 15 minutes worth of style videos, take a few things you learned, and up your style game a little bit, you will go miles ahead of most men in physical attraction if you've got some style, if you have good hygiene, if you've got a decent haircut, and if you're physically fit. Those are all things you can control, and they are all markers of health and happiness, both emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of it. That's what women are looking for is a healthy partner who can be a long-time partner. That's what's attractive, okay? It's all right if you're awkward. It's all right if you're not super intelligent. You can control your physical attractiveness. You also, though, can control how intelligent you come off and how charming and warm you are, okay? The dirty little secret about intelligence is you don't actually have to be wildly intelligent to come off as intelligent, okay? And there's two key factors to that. The first is expertise, okay? You need to be an expert in something. So do you excel in your field? Whatever field you're in, you need to excel in it. I don't care if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's. You need to be the best at flipping burgers at McDonald's, okay? Because if you can be the best at this, if you can excel in your current field, it means that you have some upward mobility. In other words, you're signaling to a young woman that you are going to be able to provide future stability. The other thing is, if you have the capacity to develop an expertise in one area, so if you can be really, 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 really good at flipping burgers at McDonald's, that means that you're also likely able to develop other expertise as well, whether that's another job, a better paying job somewhere down the line, whether that's being a good dad, helping keep the house fixed up, keeping a budget, whatever it might be. If you can be an expert in one field, it's entirely likely that you can be an expert in another field as well, and that's attractive to a woman. Because it provide because it's a sign that you can provide long term stability and long term income and be a solid head of household for a woman. Okay, the other thing you can do is read lots of books. Most men are boring. Don't be boring. Okay, if you're a one dimensional guy, you just sit around, watch sports all day, work out, burp, and drink beer. You're not going to be very interesting to women. An easy way to become more interesting, listen to podcasts, read books, and talk about the things that you're learning. The other secret here is that most people find people who find them interesting more interesting. So in other words, if you genuinely find somebody else interesting, they are also going to find you more interesting too. Okay? So if you find somebody else interesting or you can make them think that you find them interesting, you will also be more interesting. So in other words, if you can be intelligently curious, you will be attractive. Okay. Be an expert in something, have some general knowledge, read some books, watch the discovery channel, listen to some podcasts, read some books, and you'll be far more interesting in conversation. Finally, most dudes also generally are pretty awkward. Okay. We're not very good at communicating in this day and age, and that's okay because it's something you can fix. Okay. You need to learn how to communicate effectively. Um, I really like the YouTube channel Charisma on Command. It gives you all kinds of tools of how to be. They're not sponsoring this podcast or anything like that. I have no relationship with them whatsoever. I just like their videos. They break down interviews and like talk show interviews and things like that. They also just give you skills of how to be less awkward in conversation, how to have some charisma. I think it's a great place to start. So if you find yourself being awkward, Go watch Charisma on Command on YouTube. Um, there's a book called um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It's an old book, but it's also an excellent book. It's an excellent resource for people that want to be less awkward and, and be better in, uh, in social interactions. Go do those things and then practice. The best way to get better at uh, interacting with other people is to interact with other people more because – even if it's a failed interaction, you're now gathering information. All right, that didn't work that last time. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to do something different this time. So hopefully I won't fall on my face this time. It's just like anything else. If you want to build a skill, you have to practice that skill. Okay, And it's going to make you, you're going to learn that skill faster if you have a good resource teaching you some things. So I would go read either the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, or watch or and um, watch on YouTube, Charisma on Command. Both of them are great resources that are going to help you be better at interacting with people. Either way, you got to go practice. Get out of your shell. Go talk to people you haven't talked to before. 
The other side of that is you need to learn how to communicate. Now, not being awkward and communicating are two very different things, okay? Um, your ability to communicate effectively is going to be vital to actually building relationships. So if you, even if you can get out on a date with somebody, if you can't act or like adequately communicate with them, it's not going to matter. Okay. So if you find yourself in a challenging situation socially, first of all, take note of it. And once the situation's over and you're out of that situation, rehearse, practice, what you will say next time you're in that situation. Um, so what I do is generally, if I'm in an awkward conversation, if I find myself in an awkward situation, as I'm walking away or driving home or whatever it is, I will imagine different ways I could have responded, choose some better ways to respond, and I will practice them. And then next time I'm in that situation, it's a lot less likely that I'm going to be awkward because I've already, in my brain, run that scenario a bunch of times lived it out ahead of time, and now, instead of being awkward, I know what I'm going to say. So frankly, most of the time when I say something quick-witted, it's something that I've thought about before. I'm not really being quick-witted at all. What I'm doing is regurgitating the things that I've practiced, right? And it makes me better in, in social situations. It makes me funnier. It makes me more charming in social situations. And it's not because I'm funny and charming. I'm not funny and charming. What I am is quick on my feet because I've practiced being quick on my feet, Okay. Um, the other thing is if you, if you do fail to communicate effectively, it doesn't have to be the end of a situation. If you walk up to a girl and you're stumbling over your words, just smile, laugh and say, look, I don't talk to beautiful women very often. She's going to be flattered by that. It's cheesy. Yes, but it'll get you time to gather yourself, take a breath, deep breath and keep going forward. I was in class the other day. Like, yeah, Friday, and I started talking too fast. As you can tell, I talk pretty fast. I was talking too fast and started stumbling over my words and started stuttering, okay? Instead of getting all embarrassed that I was stuttering, I stopped, took a really dramatic, deep breath. A bunch of the dudes around the room caught on to the joke and started giggling and laughing. Everybody's smiling, and we moved on. I don't think anybody in the room remembers it at the end of the class period because I just moved on. And because I found it funny, I recognized I was talking too fast and that things got awkward. So I acknowledged that I failed. I did a social faux pas. I made a mistake and talked too fast. I stumbled over my words. It's not a big deal. It clearly isn't a big deal to me because I'm laughing about it. And we all just moved on. If you can master that skill, you're going to be just fine. Finally, if you want to be more charming, you need to get used to being around women. Okay. I think this is the most overlooked, I think it's the most overlooked um, strategy to being better with women is just to spend more time with women. Um, and if you really struggle talking to women, don't start by talking to single women who you think you want to date. Just spend time with women you're related to. Go spend more time with your mom and your sisters. Go spend more time with grandma or your great aunt Gertrude or whoever it is. Okay, um, When you go over to your friends' houses, talk to their wives. I'm not saying flirt with their wives. I'm not saying try and get alone with her and have a conversation with her. Don't be weird. Just interact with them. Get used to interacting with women. When you go out to dinner and have a game night, with, do it with your friend and his wife instead of just his friend. And you can even say, look, man, I'm really awkward with women. I'm trying to get better at women with at talking to women. Is it okay if you bring your wife with you to whatever we're doing and I can just practice talking to her and I'll be less awkward? It might be weird. Who cares? They love you. They're your friend for a reason. They will be willing to help you. I promise. Just give it a try it won't be that weird, okay? Uh, the other thing is, when you get party invitations or gathering inv invitations, go do it, okay? When there's an event going on at church, go to church and interact with people you haven't met before. Go talk to the little old ladies. Go meet the little old ladies and make sure you know them by name. They are, in fact, women. They are of the same species as the women that you want to approach. This is good practice for you to be better at understanding how women think, how they react to you. You'll be able to read the signs of the room a little bit better. Every once in a while, you might step on your toes. Every once in a while, you might put your foot in your mouth. That's okay. That's part of learning. This is a low-context environment where everybody's on your side. They're rooting for you. They're cheering for you. They invited you to the party because they want you to be there. They want to enjoy your presence. They are a member of the church with you. They have a vested interest in you being happy, healthy, and strong. So go enjoy the people around you, particularly the women in your life, and you'll get better at interacting with women. Okay? 
Finally, and this is going to offend some people, I know it, the vast majority of young men in our circles, so young Christian men, are not as spiritually mature as their female counterparts. And that is incredibly unattractive to a young woman. A young woman who loves the Lord, who spends her life in pursuit of the Lord and of the things of the kingdom, does not want to be partnered with, does not want to be yoked to a man who is less spiritually mature than she is. Okay, If you want to marry a Christian woman, who loves the Lord, who is going to be a self-sacrificial wife and mother, who is going to serve you well, and who is going to make it easy for you to love her, which is what you want. If you want that kind of relationship that looks, if you want your marriage to reflect the relationship that Christ has with the church, which is the biblical model, if you want that, you had better be prepared to be a spiritual leader in your own home. And she will know and she will recognize very quickly if you are capable of leading her spiritually. And if you are not, good luck. Again, you're not sunk if you're not. Okay, You are not sunk if you are not a spiritual leader. Because you now have the opportunity to get serious about your relationship with your Heavenly Father. To get serious about Bible study. To get serious about your faith. And you will become the man you want to be. If you are listening to this podcast, especially 45 minutes in, you are a young man who is passionate about being the kind of man God created you to be. You want to be a man after God's own heart, just like David was. If you want to be that man, you had better have a relationship with your Heavenly Father. So take it seriously and grow in your faith. And as you grow in your faith, you will be surprised to find you will become physically more healthy. You will become socially more uh, more confident because as you begin to see yourself the way your father sees you, as you begin to understand the truth of God's relationship with you, you will also begin to recognize that God is your brother, that you are a son of the king, and that gives you inherent value that cannot be replaced, and that there is someone who loves you beyond your own faults, that there is nothing on this earth that can separate you from the love of God, and that means even rejection, even a social faux pas, is not enough for you to not be loved. And when you understand who you are in your Father's eyes, and that He values you, and that He loves you, you will not be able to help yourself from being more confident, from being more happy, from being more strong. Now, I say that also to say you had better not be trying to use your spirituality as a tool to pick up girls. That is yucky. (laughs) It is wrong. Don't be a fake. First of all, because women are going to see right through it. And second, because when crap hits the fan and they need a spiritual leader, you are the man for the job. So don't fake spiritual leadership in in order to get girls. Honestly, go grow in your faith and grow in knowledge of the truth, and you will have a better relationship with your Heavenly Father. You will be more attractive to the young women who love the Lord and want to start families, and you will find it easier to live a healthy lifestyle and interact with the people around you because those are the fruits of the Spirit. When you love your Heavenly Father and when He is working in your heart, when the Holy Spirit is working in your heart, good things will come out of you. And that will make you more attractive. So, to recap, there are plenty of young women who exist in Christian culture who you can date. Do not give up if you are a young man who is having a hard time finding a wife or finding a serious relationship. Okay, Statistically, you are in the minority. There are more women looking for husbands than there are men looking for wives in the Christian community. So go get after it. If you find yourself struggling to make connections with women, it is probably because you are not attractive to women. Do not fear. You can make yourself more attractive by being physically healthy, by being um, 
by having some sort of intelligence, right, that they can perceive or display. By the way, it's really hard to make your intelligence shine through on a dating app, so that is another point in the uh, meeting in real life column. Um, But again, I'm not against dating apps. Use them wisely. But if you are physically attractive, if you can be intellectually intelligent, if you can be charming and warm, which are all things you can learn to be, you will be attractive to women. And if you want to have a Christian wife, you had better be the spiritual head that she is looking for before you ask her to follow you. Okay? Gentlemen, I understand if you are single and frustrated. Frankly, I get a little frustrated sometimes too. Don't declare yourself to be an incel. Don't declare yourself to be an involuntary celibate and pout and in the corner and wish that the world would be different so that you could be happier. Be empowered to go be the man that God created you to be. The dirty little secret, it's not really a dirty little secret, I don't know why I said that, but the dirty little secret about being attractive to Christian women is that the more closely you reflect the man you were created to be, the more attractive you will be to women who have sold everything to go and follow Jesus. The closer you look to Jesus, the more attractive you will be to women. The closer you look to Adam in the Garden of Eden, the closer you look to being a man after God's own heart, the more attractive you will be to women. And that does not just mean spiritual leadership, but that includes spiritual leadership. It also includes your ability to socialize well and to be physically healthy because those are things that women value inherently and that mean you are spiritually, emotionally, and physically healthy, which will make you a good partner in the long term. Gentlemen, there is no reason not to have hope. There is no reason not to be excited about the future. There is absolutely no reason to declare yourself an incel. Go hit the gym, start reading some books, get a decent haircut, and you'll do just fine. I love you, fellas. Thanks for listening. Go be the men that God created you to be. We'll talk to you next week. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.